Hey everyone, how's it going? I hope you guys are uh, tuning in and that you guys are doing well. I'm I'm actually in Chico right now, and Jeff is. What's up? Yeah, Chico. Chico this, this is where uh, this is where it uh, pretty much Jeff became became uh, famous. You know, his Chico days. I still see pictures of him hanging in restaurants. And that was a good episode of Cops. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I have some brain cells on North Street. Can you pick some of those up? Because I lost a few brain cells on North Street, Normal Street. Yeah, I don't think most people realize it is like a hundred degrees right now. It is hot. So for you in Camarillo, we're pretty lucky to live in a place. And and Jeff, where are you right now? I'm actually in Mount Shasta, a little bit ahead of uh, above that, right on the border of uh, Oregon and. Uh, California, so it's good. Yeah, got a nice little Airbnb, the retro lamp. I'm I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, I thought you you looked kind of vintage your your room. Kind I'm of vintage. Stuff. Actually, my Airbnb is my dad's house. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's nice, man. Safe for free. And uh, joining with us is Dustin. How are you doing, Dustin? Doing good. I'm coming all the way from Camarillo. So <laughs> wow, <laughs> doing great. I'm sure nothing has changed since last time I've been there. No, no, same old town. Which is interesting, and and of course the wonderful Kim joining us. How are you doing, Kim? Doing great. Just celebrated five months of marriage under COVID. Wow. It's been awesome. Consecutively, or did you take some time off in between? No, consecutive. <laughs> that is amazing. So glad you guys can join us. You know, uh, Jeremy's still out and about learning how to be. Uh, a dad again for the second time. So this time's for real. That first time was a trial. Yeah. I wonder what it's like having a second child. What is that like? You don't want to do it. You know, <laughs> I know. Ask Dustin. He's writing a book right now about it. Yeah. Yeah. Think smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now you're not, you're now you're uh one to one now, you know, yeah. I don't know how my brother does. I'm staying with my brother. I'm an uncle to four wonderful nieces, and it's pretty much his own defense all the way. They outnumber <laughs> the adults, and so it's been fun. And I've been learning with kids is that they will beat you at any game. They're so good, mm -hmm. so amazing at that. But not to digress, um, we've been going through Romans, the Book of Romans, is uh, for a lot of us, it's one of our favorite books, and it's coming. It's winding down to the end. Right. We're now Paul is is talking less about doctrine and we see a more personal side as he opens up about his ministry, his plans to visit Rome and even a, a part of a chapter of sending personal greetings, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, he was a, a real person, you know, not just this uh, great teacher that we we think of. But oftentimes like I notice uh, while talking to other believers that a lot of people, including myself, we often think of Paul as his larger-than-life hero of faith. But I think that can be a huge mistake because we fail to see that he was a real person who had real struggles and even weaknesses, right? Yeah, you know, he wrote most of, maybe two-thirds of the New Testament, but he had real weaknesses. And I'm going to say something maybe kind of controversial that I haven't really heard people talk about. And with that said, this is my own subjective opinion, but I believe God chose Paul not because of his great ability to write, not because of his ability to teach, not because of his education or his impressive Jewish heritage, or even the fact that he was a zealous Pharisee. I actually believe that God chose Paul because of his weaknesses. And what am I basing that on? Well, I don't want to go too far into it now, but in today's passage, we see Jesus called Paul to be a minister primarily to the Gentiles, not to the Jews. Right. This is like taking a fish out of water. It, it just it blows my mind of why, you know, a guy that has such impressive credentials would have been such a great uh, tool for the kingdom by reaching his people. Right. They would just look at his his. Uh, pedigree and, and be like in awe of that and yet god sent him to people who would know nothing about that who it almost even didn't really matter who he was or his background or, or being a jew and so yeah i just i just thought that it was really fascinating and i'm starting to notice that and you'll see that today but 
for you, our listeners, you may be wondering, am I where God wants me to be? You may be saying to yourself, and I've heard many people say this, right? My gifts or talents are, are, are being underutilized. I really struggle at what I do. Well, think about this. Maybe God wants you to be right where you're at with the struggle or doing something you might not be strong at because God would rather have weak people who depend on him than strong people who don't. And so, yeah, let's, let's just dive into this. Um, so if you're at home, grab a Bible, a cup of coffee. Let's open up Romans 15, 14 through 22. We're going to have some awesome teachers here and some great discussion. So let's have uh, Dustin open us up with that. Alrighty. So in verse 14, it says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write you some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. This is a great point to start to go from because there's a lot packed in here. Number one, I believe that this is a, a great ministry principle and all these principles are listed in this short verses. Uh, number one, if you are listening to this message right now, uh, you are in ministry. Uh, number two, to minister effectively to others, you must know and personally apply this biblical truth that we've been learning about in your walk with the Lord. Another step is we trust God to work through others in the body of Christ. Uh, number four is be sensitive towards others' needs, yet it leads into number five. Don't hesitate to be bold in challenging others and reminding them of what they already know. So in this, this verse, we get to hear about what ministry is. So on our own, and this could be any pastor, any leader, any person, we all fall short when we try to do it on our own. Uh, yet when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we get this goodness that's talked about in this verse. We get full of goodness. Because of him, we get this chance. Because of him, we get this wisdom. And we get these opportunities in life that you were just talking about, Jeff. Uh, Paul is speaking to this church in Rome that I believe is getting the fundamentals. They are going out and ministering to one another. They are teaching where they can go and teach different people. They are overflowing from different things. So they're able to do this ministry and they've been doing it well, but Paul's still reminding them of a few different things that needs to happen. Um, so we, we let the Holy Spirit lead us, but how can we be led if we don't understand the Holy Spirit or we don't know that much about God or this biblical truth? So it's teaching us right now to, to gain this knowledge. And so God's going to give us our own knowledge, but he also encourages us to learn on our own. So we're getting filled with this goodness we're getting filled with this knowledge and those two things combined, we are then able to go and teach other people, which was the closing part of that verse. So put those all together. Congratulations. You have all been commissioned as pastors that are listening, each and every one of you to go out and instruct people because uh, I, Jeff, you said it beautifully just a minute ago. It's like maybe he's put you in a position. So he's put some of you in positions right now to do ministry where other people can't reach it. And God's given you this boldness. He's given you this knowledge to go out and do this ministry work. Um, we must go off and help and teach and instruct one another. Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes it's difficult with what needs to be said. But I believe this pandemic happened for a reason. And it shows that the church is outside of the walls, that you have been doing these different ministry style ideas at home you've been ministering to your family you're ministering to friends like you've been going off into the world which is so desperately needed and we needed a reminder to actually go and do those things so that's one of the blessings that actually comes out of some of this badness of a pandemic that's happened uh church should be done outside the walls and we've been doing such a great job but i think we needed a reminder at the same time and now some of us feel even more bold in this teaching or going off and doing something we normally wouldn't do because we feel that Holy Spirit's kind of kicking us in the butt to go and move forward. Yeah, that that is such a, a great point. Of just thinking of like how the pandemic has in in a way um, 
been interesting because now like, you know, we can't as leaders physically meet with people. And it's almost like now, like everyone has their, their, their small group or their community group or the people in their life that they can influence. It's almost seems like Holy Spirit's been wanting to activate people uh, into ministry just because uh, what we see now, the needs are so great. Like, I believe are, are the needs of this world and the people that are hurting, then it's just so great. It's it's beyond any one pastor, it's beyond any one church. It's going to take the whole body, the whole body of Christ in order to, to reach this world that is just suffering and and needs needs our help. And and kind of the question I want to kick around is how how we can do how do we do this, right? Like maybe you're at home and you're like, well, you know, I haven't gone to Bible school or I don't know a lot about that. I just thought maybe are some what are what are some ways that we can um kind of reach others around us and to teach others around us like Paul is saying. Yeah. Well, I feel that there are so many skilled people out there. So personally, what I've done is I've heard this one side of this virtual pandemic land where they said they can't get connected. But I'm finding myself actually getting more connected to different uh, pastors through podcasts, through different social media things, through different teachings. Um, it's given me a chance to really focus in on a few of my mentors to specifically learn from because now there's a little more time for me. So I feel that we have a chance to plug into so many different media sites to hear different points of view, to kind of get a vast head of knowledge uh, that we normally wouldn't get. And there's, I, I've had a, a great time learning from some of my mentors one-on-one -on -one where they're able to teach me more about different things, whether it be life or applying it through biblical truth that we're just talking about. So there's different ways. Find a mentor. You can you know, go to a different podcast or YouTube channels and, and listen to some other sermons, uh, reading some books. My my personal favorite is something we launched, which uh, is community groups, where you have a, a set leader that's there speaking wisdom into their lives each and every day. And seeing some of these prayer threads that have been happening because of these community groups is mind blowing because uh, they're, they're believing in the power that God has, that he's able to minister each and every person through that group. And they've risen up these leaders at this time. They've done such a great job, you know, teaching others at the same time. Yeah. It's amazing. What about you, Kim? What do you think or what are ways that we can can kind of fulfill this or to to do what what Paul's writing? I think um I think it's really important especially for those of us who are mature who've been around for a long time to really look at like mentoring, you know, like in Titus it talks about older women mentoring younger women and um for too many years, I've seen people who've been, you know, Christians for 25 years kind of just coming to church on Sunday and warming up a bench or, you know, sit, taking up space in a chair, but not really like doing anything with their faith. So I feel like it, this is a season now. I, I've been having this sense for quite a few years now that there's going to be a great harvest of souls. Like, let's say, for example, that journey who's maybe got five or 600 um, members. Um, let's say that all of a sudden Journey's membership went up to 10,000. Like, how would we be able to care for the needs of that many people unless all of us were mentoring someone else, you know? So I love the idea of like a prayer partner, um, someone who's mentoring you, a, a small Bible study or community groups, like find different ways to get plugged in so that you can grow in your faith and then you can share your faith and mentor others. So good. One of the ways that I really have, have done this a lot has been just through serving um, just at church. I don't know how many times I've been stacking chairs or pushing out a coffee cart or doing some sort of setup and tear down because we've been doing that since it seems like uh, Noah's days that we've been setting up and tearing down. And uh, I would always grab someone. I remember having Dustin and on a Sunday service way before he was into ministry, he was still cooking and thinking he was going to be uh, 
uh, guy, uh, Fieri's uh, number two guy and be on the TV show. And I remember grabbing, <laughs> I remember grabbing Dustin and having him just uh, do some stuff. And then he started like ushering and getting, you know, getting uh, money from people because he really likes money and was doing the, you know, the offering and stuff. And, and that's just how people get involved. I like what you said, and it almost goes a little bit of, Odell, something you were thinking about a couple of years ago, which is we don't have to always work in our gifts to do God's kingdom work, right? That's what you said at the beginning. Paul brings people that are unqualified to do the job. You would think that Peter and uh, uh, Paul would switch because Peter was an unqualified Jewish man that loved God, and he was the one that was reaching out to the Jewish congregation. And Paul, the more qualified synagogue leader, went to the Gentiles, the people that he thought was evil and and disg disgusting and dirty. And that's how we are. You know, I, I learned and discipled many people by doing all kinds of remedial things in the church, setting up chairs, taking out trash, doing coffee, bagels, donuts, all those things. And in that, there's this level of like, do as I'm doing, and then give that away. And that's really a great way to mentor and grow. Just like Dustin said, there's also other kinds of mediums to follow. And Kim with uh, older teaching the younger, those are all great ways. But for me, it's just been a very practical, follow me as I'm doing this. And most of the time, the work's pretty remedial or pretty crappy, but it still grabs relationship and conversation during that time as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It doesn't, we don't have to overcomplicate it, right? We don't have to, you know, to even turn it into a program, which programs are great. Uh, classes are great. These are all helpful tools for all of us. But to the people who are listening, yeah, like just grab someone and do life with that person, like uh, Pastor Jeff is saying. And I feel like um, at the end, we should pray to, or at least Kim should pray to activate people. I know that um, what you said, it just really resonated with my spirit that God just wants to activate you wherever you're at. And um, for the listener to really pray what, what that is, right? Because what we're going to see next, what I'm going to read is that uh, God called Paul to be a special messenger to the Gentiles, right? He kind of had his sphere where God uh, was having him uh, preach the gospel too. And I know for everyone, it might be different for uh, other people, right? Peter was called to the Jews. And so I'm going to put that up. We're going to continue reading in the last part of 15 and 16. Let me just screen share. Okay. All right. It says, um, all right. It says, for by God's grace, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I work among them. This passage is so interesting uh, because... Yeah, like that idea pops up of that Jesus called Paul to be a minister primarily to the Gentiles, not the Jews. Yes, minister to the Jews, he was around them as well. But if you look at a map, I'm sure maybe your Bible, or I wish I put up a map uh, for you guys today. Some some Bibles have a map, and it just shows you the loop that Paul went on, right? And it's not that he could just jump on a Ryanair flight or an airline and give the travel all throughout. Um, Asia Minor, all throughout Europe and different places. I think even to Spain, just all around the Mediterranean. I mean, he had to be on a boat. He had to travel by foot or or donkey or horse. Like this was was not. Um, I think back in the day, like you did not have uh, what, what they call it, like uh, travel fever. You know, people didn't want to travel because it was just so terrible, right? And yet Paul or God called him out of his comfort zone, out of what he knew. You know, he's familiar with the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, and God called him a people that he was not familiar with at all, right? He spoke a different language than him even. But yet what's interesting is that God was not put off by, or Paul wasn't put off by uh, serving God and working among the Gentiles. You would think like he would be like, well, why am I doing this? Like, why, 
you know, how come you're not calling me to the gym? Right? That's my that's my uh, wheelhouse, right? That's my comfort zone. Uh, that's what's what's really fascinating about that. But I thought about this and this piece I could share with you, but um, I know Mike Grove from Dirty Jobs, he said, don't follow your passion, but bring it with you, right? I, there's too many people who, who get so caught up on what is my calling or what am I, you know, who am I called to or whatnot. And this is the idea of like, well, you know, I'm going to bring the enthusiasm with me. Like, even though it may not have been what he was comfortable with or what he was used to, he just brought his enthusiasm and his passion and then doing that. And he did such an amazing job with that, albeit with tons of struggle. And I'm just thinking with that whole passage, uh, maybe you're listening uh, to that and you're like, wow, like maybe God is calling me to a people group or to a place that that is not necessarily a comfort for you which I think is actually a benefit because what happens is when we, um, when we just run off of our natural affections, right? Like if we just run off your natural, even passion or, or affections for doing what you feel like you're called to do, I think ultimately you're going to run out of that instead of relying on God's infinite love. So, when you can bring Mike Rowe in, that's a mic drop, dude. Nobody gets Mike Rowe in a message. and Yeah, that's so true. I mean, what about you guys? Why do you guys think that Paul uh, was an unlikely uh, messenger to the of the good news to the Gentiles? Well, I think it's fascinating if you really think about how he was raised. I mean, most Jewish boys memorize the first five books of the Old Testament. Um, they were raised with very strict rules and regulations and laws. I mean, he became, he was like the top of his class um, in Jewish religion and culture. And so to all of a sudden be out ministering to these idolaters and these, you know, idol worshipers and, you know, with these crazy pagan practices, it kind of had to be really awkward and uncomfortable for him. But I, I was thinking about, you know, I, I don't think you realize how how much your own culture has affected you or your own upbringing until you live in a different culture. And I remember I read a book. Um, I was exploring a missions organization called Pioneers, and the founder of that organization, um, he wrote a book called Peace Child, and they were out ministering um, in Papua New Guinea, that whole region of the world, to the aboriginal people. And he went into this whole story of how he was trying to make the gospel relevant, relevant to their culture. And it was so challenging because the way, their way of thinking was so contrary to his way of thinking. But at one moment, at one critical moment um, in his time there, he's like ready to walk away because they're literally different tribes are killing each other. And in this profound moment, he um, and a warring tribe comes, and the only way they could make peace was to offer the other tribe's child. And so this leader grabs a baby and gives it to their to their enemy tribe. And of course, the mother's screaming, and it's creating all this chaos. But that was their way of making peace with another tribe, because it's like one of our children is now living in that tribe, so we don't want to kill them. But what this guy did in that moment, he realized that actually Jesus was God's peace child. And he used their cultural tradition to preach the gospel to them. And it, it was like a breakthrough and a turning point for that culture. And then the gospel penetrated into that, into that region. And they actually went out and preached to their neighbors and stuff. And so I think when you can get outside of your own culture and your own way of looking at things and you can actually make God's message relevant to another culture, that can only be done by the supernatural wisdom of God. But that was a, an astounding book and um, a way of preaching the gospel. And so I think Paul in, in some ways was perfect because he had to move outside of his culture and outside of his religion to preach the gospel. Man, that was a really cool story. I love that. The peace child is Jesus. Uh, that's really cool. 
Yeah, I think that too often, honestly, and even as a pastor today and talking to people about wanting just to grow, too often we get wrapped up into, I've got to be more schooled, more knowledge, more wisdom so that I can really preach to this this good news to a group of people. And the truth is Paul's kind of going up upstream on this mentality. He's like, I actually am going to preach to the unlikely uh, people. I have a small grief. I'm t- I'm telling you like three nights, two nights of homelessness experience. And it wasn't really me being homeless, so to speak. It was more me being a drug addict. But I've become a minister in Camarillo and Ventura County as a minister to the homeless people. I get calls constantly. Hey, there's a homeless guy here. What do we do with this homeless guy? It's not really my people group. But since I've been in Camarillo, it's been one of those messengers like Paul. Paul, you would think, should be in the synagogue using the wisdom that he has learned and and grown up, like uh, my sister was talking about, to go into the Jewish people and kind of flip their ideology and their mindset. And instead, he's going to people that he actually thinks are dogs. They would call them dogs. They were dirty dogs. You would never go in their house. You would never eat with them because they were dirty and disgusting. And it to me, it's very interesting, and I want to talk about this for a second and not get political, but God is telling me this is the time that we need to pray for the looters. We need to pray for the people on the other side of whatever we believe in the chaos and division of our country. If you've ever been, and I've been involved with somebody being raped and having to go through this whole concept and and teaching this person being raped to learn to pray and love that person that raped you. That is impossible, but that's what God is calling us to do. And here we need to go to the unlikely group. Think about everybody that you're against right now on whatever political side and start ministering to them. That's what Paul had, had to do. That's mind blowing. And that's crazy talk to really think about. I want to teach to the people that believe like me because that's easy and everybody cheers versus getting in front of a crowd that doesn't want to hear what you're saying and doesn't believe your ideology. That's crazy. And God kind of comes out of it with flying colors. And beyond that, to the Gentiles, he's the greatest, one of the greatest men in the Bible apart from Jesus. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I really feel like that's kind of the spirit talking right there. Of Like we need to I feel convicted of that, too, because too often we see our enemies as like, oh, you know, they're enemies and let's pray curses on them or let's be against them. Let's fight against them. But that's not what Jesus calls us to do. Right. He, he, he was a friend of the sinner. He was he made friend, he died for us, even though uh, we were lost, even though we were completely separated from him. And while we were still his enemies. And so, yeah, that's just something I think that's going to what's going to bring healing uh, to our nation to rise up and begin to reconcile and to begin to pray for and even witness to uh, those who may be on the other side, which that goes beyond, like I was saying, our natural affections or affinity to do that. That's like only by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Just like what Kim was uh, saying, like that tribal leader taking a, one of their children and giving it to their enemy, that that had been a divinely inspired moment. Because I don't, you know, I don't know how anybody could could do that, right? How any mother or, you know, person could do that. Someone that would be in, in conflict and war with that. Man, so good. But we got to continue on uh, with our passage. We're going to be talking about some miracles, some signs and wonders. Uh, with And so I will, Jeff will read that. I'll put this on the screen. So the Gentiles are now going to be convinced. And it says they were convinced by the power of the miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. In this way, I have presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to, uh, I can't even say that word, but that word right there and uh, that city. So uh, I love this part because I believe that signs and wonders are a part of God's ministry. I think it's important. I think they're still alive. I think the gifts are still working. But I also think in some way, church can kind of focus on the signs and wonders. But what Paul is saying, and we were kind of having this conversation before we started tonight, was Paul was kind of saying, 
this is part of the full gospel. And too often people talk about, oh, well, you know, we, we preach the gospel. And here the full good news or the full gospel is including the work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I was listening to a couple of podcasts as I was driving up here, kind of what Dustin was talking about uh, a couple of minutes ago. And I was just listening to it. And too often a church focuses on one part of the Trinity versus all parts of the Trinity. It's like one church, the Baptists focus on Jesus, the Pentecostals focus on the Holy Spirit, and then you get the 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 the, the Calvinists or those kind of in that, they're focused on just God the Father. He gets disrespected, they say, and he needs to be. And really the full gospel is focusing on all of them. God the Father through Jesus Christ and letting the Holy Spirit work so that they all work together. And I believe when we understand that there are signs and wonders and there are great things that happen uh, from God and for us that we have to understand they all come from God through Jesus working by the Holy Spirit. And that becomes a full message. And today with division in church, probably the most frustrating I've been in years about church is seeing the division and the fighting over the church right now uh, about where we are to be in the coronavirus, where we are to be in the protest. And the truth is, if Jesus was here, he would be with all the pastors going, get it together, gentlemen and women. Get it together because you're missing out on the glory and the goodness that God has by unity and the strength of unity. You know, the old toothpick analogy, one toothpick I can break, Three toothpicks, my muscle mass, I can barely get through, but I can break them. But you put 50 together and it comes really hard to break because they're tied together. And this, the signs and wonders and the works that we see, the good news being spread is, is really the blessing and the unity of the church. And I'm, I'm blessed because I believe Journey focuses on God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a very balanced and, a, and appropriate way, just like we have today. And I think he still uses signs and wonders to enhance the church and, 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 and build the church to equip us to do greater things. Yeah, that's so interesting to think about that. That was a good point. And I just wanted to, to kind of, for those who know, like kind of, yeah, we do believe that miracles are still for today. I, I remember, Jeff, you giving a sermon of just talking about all the miracles that you've seen um, through um, kind of your ministry and through people responding or answer prayer requests. But I just wanted to open up for, for us all. Um, what was maybe the last miracle you experienced or, or maybe something that has stuck with you in your memory? I know, Kim, like you you being in Mexico, you've uh, there's been a lot of cool stories that you shared of, of things you saw down there. Start us off. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen some miracles, but I was thinking back to like one that I personally experienced, and this happened in 2016. I was, um, I came to town, um, and we were actually doing a, a seminar on healing prayer. And, um, one of the, one of the women prayed for my shoulder. My shoulder had been, um, in pain for about a year and a half. And, um, I, I couldn't hardly sleep on that side. I could barely lift it over my head. And, um, anyway, somebody prayed for my shoulder. And, um, and from that day on, my the pain went away and my and my strength and my ability my mobility returned to that shoulder so that's one way that i experienced a miracle um and i had prayed for it before and i you know i'd never gone to the doctor but that miracle i god was reminding me of it the other day he's like remember i healed your shoulder um and so i believe i just want to say this out loud um for sylvia i believe god wants to heal your frozen shoulder um, in the same way that he healed my shoulder. And so that's the direction I'm praying for, for Sylvia from our church. Nice. Yeah, I was thinking of, I'll just share a miracle that I experienced yesterday on the phone. I was driving up, I'm doing a 10 hour drive and a lady from church was just blown away by her kids during the COVID season coming to know the Lord, high school boys that are like rough, rugged kids that have come to church. And when they come to journey, they get on their phones and kind of poo poo the message and the worship because it's not cool, hip and slick, like what they're used to. And she was on the phone. She couldn't wait to tell me that 
two of her sons accepted the Lord and she was a part of it. And the miraculous things that's happening in her husband's life and in her life just over the last six months. And he celebrated a milestone in his life. And it was really, you could tell by the tone that she was talking in her, in her, in her voice that she had been touched by God and her family had been touched by God. And the miracle was not just that, that one of the friends of, of the neighborhood boys came up and said, something's happening with your boys and I want what they have. And she goes, I don't know where to go. Should I go to the, the priest or where do I go to find God in this situation? Because the boys had been ministering to their friends. And she was like, I am blown away not knowing what to do. Because as my sister said earlier, there's this revival spirit happening during the pandemic and during this division that God's going to bring us back and we're going to come back stronger than ever. So a lot of good miracles just yesterday that I'm, I would be, uh, I'd love to celebrate. I think you're on mute. Sorry about that. You guys, there's some, uh, I'm outside right now and there's a lot, a lot of noise, but, uh, what about you, Dustin? Uh, I've gotten the chance to see some some medical miracles that I'm, I'm one of those people that it really helps my understanding of how powerful God is because I'm around a bunch of brilliant biblical scholars like on this panel and I'm kind of the the caboose coming around and to see some of this hard evidence where you know Steph has a brain tumor and it just goes away. Like that, that's unexplainable, except that's something that God can do or see my mom bounce back from a cancer where, you know, you're getting reports that she's not going to be around much longer. And now she's stronger now than she was, you know, almost 20 years ago. So seeing God heal these these people is just a testimony of what can be done in someone's life. I mean, there's no explainable way that those things can happen except the healing hand of God and the power that he holds. So that holds true for whoever's listening to this right now that's dealing with some physical mental ailment. Know that God can intercede and heal you. Um, and we've talked about a few weeks in a row. Sometimes you need to call on other people to come pray with you, but like just know God can do something. There's people here that want to pray for you. There's There's people here that believe that God can do something huge. You can see it happen through our lives. And that's why we're passionate in what we do, because we know the power that God holds and how he can heal at any moment and any time for anybody. It's good. Yeah. I kind of just thought that it'd be really cool for our listeners maybe to share a miracle they've, they've experienced in their life, just to encourage okay. those who are in need of that, right? And sometimes miracles come in small packages, right? Like I even think it's a miracle when someone someone gets transformed right or even the mind being renewed like just the study about the brain how our brain works and the fact that we can actually like renew our mind and, and become like and to change the way that we've thought for decades to me that's like a miracle that's just crazy because yeah like and so if you're if you're uh if you have a story that you'd like to share uh about a miracle encourage someone just write down in the chat or maybe you're a person, you're in need of one, you could just uh, offer that up in the chat as well. Uh, and we can probably pray for that in the end. We've got a lot of things to pray for. But let's close it up with our last passage. And Kim is going to uh, read this part. I'll put it on the screen for everyone to see. Verse 21, 20 to 22. <clears throat> My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these, in these places. And I think here Paul is trying to give an explanation to the Roman church about why he hasn't been able to visit them yet. And he's letting them know that it's his ambition, it's his heart's desire to preach the gospel to people who've never heard about Jesus before. And it's also his desire that he would rather 
go out into new territories and to preach at a church that's already been started by somebody else. And um, I love that. Um, I remember there was a certain point when I was living down in Baja and um, in the particular community that I was living in, it felt like there was a church or a ministry on every corner. And I said to myself, I got to get out of here. Like this place is saturated with the gospel. Like if, if nobody has heard the gospel, it's because they don't want to. Like there's literally, and, and I, I began to hear lots of statistics too about 90% of the missionaries that were living in Mexico were actually living in North Baja. And then the other 10% were interspersed throughout the rest of the country. So I really get like what Paul's saying here. It's like he wants to go out into to other regions where people have never even heard the name of Jesus. And um, so that's kind of the, the heart that he's expressing. And he's explaining to them, hey, I really want to come and visit you guys. But I've been going and preaching the gospel um, to places you've never even, you know, been before or thought about. And uh, so that's um, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. And um, I think God is actually calling us to advance the kingdom all over. And I know for me personally, at one point and, you know, maybe someday down the road, um, I've always had a passion and a desire to go to an unreached people group, um, maybe down like in the Amazon jungle region or something like that, live among them and learn their language and that kind of thing. <laughs> but I've come to realize, actually, that there's a whole lot of unreached people groups here in the United States. And actually, it's pretty fascinating. There's a phenomenon happening where other nations are sending missionaries here because they've recognized the United States has become such a postmodern nation. So um, it's very fascinating. Less big bugs, too, and better water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to open up. Like, what do you guys think? How can we, uh, who are living, uh, here contribute to the kingdom's advance into unreached people groups. Uh, and that can be foreign and abroad. I mean, not, that's not the same thing, but foreign and domestic, mm -hmm. right? Cause I never think about that. Like there are tons of unreached people here. So what do you guys, how can we, how can people who are listening contribute to that? You want to open Dustin? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dustin. You go. Sure. Um, the way to best get out there is to actually be open to being moved. That's the biggest thing is that we heard in the beginning part that God's going to fill you full of goodness. He's going to fill you full of knowledge. We get to learn the Holy Spirit and then it's time to let him move you. So I think we have to be open to the movement of go and ministering to some groups. And sometimes it's what we're hearing. It's the place where you don't think you'll have an impact or the place you don't want to go and then he'll use you best over there but we also have to be willing to stretch out a hand that's the biggest thing i'm realizing right now and and jayra talked about this a little bit is we we have to i believe jesus will be stretching out a hand to all these different sides of people that aren't getting along all the unchurched to the church he's offering a hand to everybody so he can be that mediator to bring everyone back together so we have to be willing to give our hand to have it opened up so that we can go and reach it out to someone that needs to hear Jesus or someone that's turned away from Jesus or someone's never even heard of him. So we have to be willing uh, to go places we don't want to go uh, and times we don't want to be there and talk to people we may not get along with in the hopes to they're the ones we're supposed to be ministering to all along. So good. I like that willingness. Yeah. I was going to say, support your local, uh, support your missionaries. Go to churches if you don't know and reach out to the missionaries. Uh, as somebody that's been supporting missionaries a long time and my sister being a missionary and I don't want her to, they hate asking for money. 
and it's a big part of their ministry and they have to kind of do newsletters and stuff they really aren't gifted in and don't want to do. They're not called to go out on the mission field and report back to you and then shake you down for money. That's just not what they're called to do. They're called to go out and minister the gospel. So my challenge would be a lot of you maybe don't feel like you're called to ministry and missions. You can support a missionary and support a missionary organization. And if you gave a missionary some money they weren't expecting, it will take such a big burden off it. They will think of it as a miracle like we were talking about earlier. And it will take a huge burden off them. And they will feel encouraged and feel like they're supposed to go out and do more and and uh, advance the gospel more because people are believing in them. If we gave to the missionaries like we were supposed to, the, the mission work would be done far greater. But what happens is, is we put a missionary like my sister, sorry to put you out there, but you're the one that we can see. And you put her out there and her job is to reach people and disciple and do all that that she's gifted in, but then report back to us and ask for money that she's not gifted in. She doesn't want to talk to you about money. She just wants to talk to you about all the amazing things that happen. So my, one of the things God's saying, support a missionary, give them some money, give them your, uh, you know, your, your COVID check or whatever. And I promise you the gospel will go farther and deeper because they get to do stuff that they don't want to do, which is not reach out for money. And so, and then the last thing I was going to say is even myself, and I'm saying this to myself. So when I'm saying this to you, I struggle with domestic missionaries. Because their budget for a domestic missionary, they need four, five, six thousand dollars a month to live in a domestic area of Chicago or Stockton or LA. It takes a lot of money to be in the United States. People go, man, you're making more money than I am. I don't want you to go out and do that. So it's hard, but I know that domestic missionaries, uh, is a big part of it. I had that conversation with Vanessa. Can we announce that news or? Is that appropriate or no? Yeah, if you want, yeah. I mean, Jeff Burnett got engaged uh, yesterday, and so, and his woman I met uh, as a domestic missionary, and so, uh, you know, it's important. So, anyways, support a missionary domestically or locally. That's one way that you ask the question: How do we contribute to advance the kingdom? Yeah, and and some of the domestic ones are like Campus Crusade, InterVarsity doing great work. The ones working in the high schools, right? Young life. Like you don't think about that, but if you guys uh, have a, a desire for that, yeah, you could either volunteer or send them your money. But yeah, because they have to fundraise, they have to do so much in order to just uh, be able to do what they do, and they work very hard doing that. But let's lastly, let's uh, Kim, what do you what would you like to share? With How can we? Do that? Add, um, in addition to supporting a missionary, in fact, we do have a couple of missionaries that we we have sent out. Um, you know. There's Noah and Lucy Johnson. There's uh, Cam and Lisa. Um, and we're actually getting ready to send out our newest missionary, Sky, who's going to join, who's going to go to Slovakia. So those are opportunities not only to, to financially support, but also offer your prayers. Because those are some hard places to minister. If you go to Nepal, like the the religious atmosphere there is so crazy with Hinduism and, and some of their religious practices. And so, um, yeah, supporting missionaries through prayers and, and also through your finances is a huge way to participate in advancing the gospel. But there are even groups I was thinking about, like, you know, inner city groups. Um, I was thinking about like the blind and the deaf community. I mean, there, there are people groups that sometimes we don't think about as people groups. Um, but if God gives you a heart or a passion for a particular group that's maybe been unreached even in our own community, that you would um, begin to pray for and reach out to them. Because um, I, I think we're supposed to reach, like Jeff said, foreign and domestic. Um, you know, we're supposed to reach people from from everywhere. So that's what I wanted to say about missions. And well, I guess, no. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I guess I just wanted to also um, maybe just pray. Did you want me to do that at the end, Jeff, or did you want to do that now? We can do that now. Yeah, because I thought instead of maybe doing our final thought, we just, uh, you know, pray to activate those who the Spirit wants to activate, you know, into kind of that teaching, teaching thing, teaching others. 
And then also uh, for the, the last part, for the, the miracles, that, uh, praying, kind of praying for that, for those who need a miracle. Yeah. So, yeah, do you want to close us for that? Sure. So, Father, we just praise you and we thank you so much for your word. <laughs> we thank you that today we have received a solid word about mentoring others, about teaching others. So for those of us who have known you for a long time, put someone on our hearts right now that we can mentor, that we can teach, that we can disciple. And for those of us who want to grow and learn, I pray that you would give us a hunger for your word and a hunger for other people to speak into our lives. Father, I thank you that for the way that you use Paul to reach across his cultural and religious um, boundaries, and you sent him into um, a group of people that maybe he wasn't totally comfortable with. I pray that you would do that for us too, that you would send us maybe to people that we can't necessarily relate to, but you, but you're giving us your heart for them. So I pray, Father, where there's people who are maybe different than us, um, who think differently than us, I pray, Father, that you would help us to overcome evil with good, that you would help us to love even your, even our enemies as you did. And Father, you know there are people that are hearing this message tonight that need a miracle. And I pray that you would show up in a miraculous way, that you would heal hearts, that you would heal minds, that you would heal bodies, that you would heal um, relationships, that you would heal families, that you would provide finances, that you would provide miraculously the things that your people need, and that it would cause their faith to go off the charts because you show up in such a miraculous way. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are, are here and that you're with us. And so I just ask you to break through. And Father, give us your heart to advance the kingdom in foreign and domestic fields. Show us the places where you want us maybe in our jobs, maybe in our communities, maybe in our families, or maybe you want us to support a missionary or to pray for a particular nation. Father, you know um, what you want to do at this hour and in this season. And I believe that you have called us for such a time as this. So continue to awaken your church. I thank you for Jeff's testimony about some young men that are catching on fire for God. And I pray, Father, that that would spread to the youth all over where there's fear and there's hopelessness and there's discouragement and there's depression, that you would turn it into hope and into faith and into salvation, and that you would bring about the change that this nation so desperately needs. We just thank you, Father, for your word, and we ask you to help us, each one, to put into practice whatever it is you're calling us to. And we pray all these things in the name above every name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining uh, us. I hope you guys were blessed, and we'll see you again uh, very soon.